Welcome to the Poetic Resurrection Podcast, where we explore perceptions. How self-reflecting questions can give you a better understanding of self. I'm your host, Sonia Iris Lozada. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Poetic Resurrection. Today, we have William McKenzie Smith, and as the LA Times called him, he's an alchemist. He's a manufacturer of medicinal cannabis. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I have. So the listeners out there know how I met you. I have tried the medicinal cannabis, the... CBD. Right. And I have bought the three and the 600. And now there's something called CBDA. What I like about CBD is that it doesn't alter you. It's even kids can take it. Right. Now, how does all this work? How did you get into um, using cannabis as a medicinal property? Right. So I grew up, I grew up in England, as you might still hear a bit of an accent. Yes. Uh, yeah. Grew up in, uh, <laughs> so I grew up in the north and, and um, I wasn't originally in this field. So I, I, but I did grow up in nature. So I was always surrounded by nature, really. So I grew up in the north of England. And actually, I was a professional photographer and cinematographer, but always still had this fascination with nature and plants. When I came to the state, I met my wife and and we moved over to the States. Then suddenly this world opened up. And I think it's partly because I became very interested in shamanism. I actually was apprenticed to a shaman, North American shaman for a while. But then the more I looked into it, the more I realized that shamanism was really about the plants, which sort of drew me to... South America, which was, I became fascinated with that. So I went down to South America and experienced ayahuasca and the whole healing traditional of that. So it was really sort of shamanism connected to the healing plants. That's really what got me into that. And then cannabis wasn't particularly on my radar. It was other plants really. Mm-hmm. And then I had a skin cancer and I started researching it because it was close to my eye. I thought, well, let me see if there's anything, if there's any herb I can try. And somebody said that they've been trying cannabis topically on skin cancers. So I tried it. I made this oil. There was a person at the time who's become well known. He sort of reintroduced medical cannabis back into the mainstream, Rick Simpson, which Mm -hmm. a lot of people will know about him. You know, it's an ancient plant. It's been used for thousands of years by different traditions. It's just had a complex history. So I decided, okay, I'm going to make this oil and I'm going to try it. So I tried it and it worked. It started eating into the cancer, but left the healthy cells alone, which is one of the things that it can do. And then the place the dispensary i bought it from in order to make it said well this is something our patients are really interested in would you make it for us and that's really how the business started was from a skin cancer diagnosis but when i looked into cannabis i basically found it was this incredible healing plant and the real reason is because we have this system inside of our body called the endocannabinoid system that was discovered, first started to be discovered in Israel, who are very advanced in using medical cannabis. Essentially, the reason that it works so well, because for a lot of people, they go, well, how can cannabis do this, work for cancer, work for this, work for... It's because it interacts with our own system. So we all have what's called an endocannabinoid system, So we have these receptors all over our body that, and we make our own cannabinoids, endocannabinoids. So the cannabinoids we make ourselves, which have been found, they were found and named. And and through just from the 60s onwards, people gradually 
found out that um, these cannabinoids that we make keep our body in homeostasis, which is basically keeping us well. But about 60% of people who become ill have a deficiency in that system somewhere. So really what you're doing is you're basically helping the body's own system. And that's why it works so well. And it's almost, somebody said, well, if, if you're trying to work with cannabis, but you don't know the endocannabinoid system, it's almost like working on a car without really knowing anything about the engine. So that's yeah. really why it works so well. And I researched it and because I wasn't particularly, I wasn't, I had smoked marijuana, et cetera, in my youth, but I mean, I wasn't really sort of particularly, it wasn't really on my radar. No, but, and I and I see it as when I grew up, it was a taboo to even have anything that cannabis. Yeah. But I like the CBD because I don't like being altered. And I think that that was the problem I had with cannabis, yeah. even yeah. though, yeah, we all tried it. And I, yeah. I didn't like the altering effect. But for pain, I think it's amazing to, yeah. to take CBD. CBD has also, it was a, a big thing in the news because children with epilepsy That's were right. able to take it and, and it doesn't make you high. And it's still, which is really strange because I've gone to different states. It's still yeah. taboo in many states, even though most of them now have allowed it for medicinal purposes. Yeah. And that made a big difference, actually, to the whole perception of cannabis. When it was discovered that it was helping children and and you know there were videos you know which are pretty traumatic seeing a child actually in the middle of a seizure and then being administered a spray cannabis into their mouths and actually stopping the seizures within seconds less than a minute so yeah. i think it altered everybody so because because of its checkered past basically it's always been you know even though queen victoria in england was using it <laughs> for um, menstrual pain and you know in the 1800s here in in america it was on pharmacy shelves oh it so, was i know cocaine was so yeah and <laughs> cannabis was too so i mean it, it you know it was definitely and then in, in the 1930s is when it started law federal laws started to to come in but then the real issue was actually uh 1970s was when when the main they tried to control uh, the federal government was trying to control a huge amount of uh, drugs and so cannabis just got lumped in you know with it yeah and I so, remember all the warnings if you smoke pot you're gonna become a heroin addict later it's like yeah exactly no I've never even come close to that. right then so it's just you know so they just did this huge campaign as you know yes so you know and that was effective and and then it sort of re-emerged because it re-emerged actually specifically in San Francisco in the time when um around I think it was around sort of 1980 when the AIDS epidemic was really at its peak. Oh, yeah. And there was one person in particular who was helping his friends, you know, because it was really helping patients who are struggling with AIDS and the wasting syndrome and cannabis was really helping. He started selling it out of some storefronts and he, he was raided, but he was more or less left alone because people realized that it actually he was helping a community that was really in trouble. And that yeah. led to the Compassionate Use Act in California, which was medical cannabis was allowed. You had to have a doctor's prescription, but it was allowed. During that time, you know, it's just this weird kind of gray area, which we were involved in, which where there were dispensaries, you were allowed to use it, and we were making for a lot of cancer patients and we were making products and giving them to the dispensaries who were then selling them to their medical patients but officially it was still this gray weird gray area where you know you couldn't they'd allow you to make it and but then you couldn't transport it so yeah you know, you're gonna get it nobody could put it in their car you know it's just this funny 
this funny area of like, yeah, we allow it sort of, you know, but, you know, any of us that were working with it during that time and, and trying to help the medical community or people, you know, struggling with various ailments, we were, we had to have what they call burner cell phones, you know, all of it. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah, <laughs> because it, it and was the like, well, yeah, we allow it, we allow it, but we, at any time, we can decide that we want to raid you. So. Yeah, and I remember so many farms that were yeah. growing it were just because the state said yes, but the federal government said no. So yeah. the federal government trumps the state. I'm, I'm looking at these beautiful plants and I'm like, oh, no. I mean, there's yeah. so much good in the plants. And like anything natural, I mean, if, you know, like people give a lot of credence to like, apple cider vinegar yeah and i'm telling and they go how can it help so much i go it works with your body to clean it out that's all it does yeah and whatever you have you know it'll just clean it off because it is you know it just cleans your body but what i find with cbd and can you explain what the difference is in like layman's term the difference between regular cbd and cbda yeah so CBDA is sort of new in the sense, it's been known, but new in the sense of being investigated. Mm -hmm. But essentially CBDA is the what's called the acid form of the plant, which means the raw plant. So if you were to just take the plant and juice it, you would have CBDA. And in order to get CBD, you have to heat CBDA to get CB, CBD, but, and so nobody really, everybody knew. So they, THC has THCA, the, what's called the acid form of the plant. Mm -hmm. So they both have that, but the, they weren't really investigated. I mean, part of the, all of this was because it's still illegal federally, there haven't been a lot of official studies. So a lot of this is really, it cured my cancer and all of that. So those are really sort of people's own experiences. But it's only fairly recently that official studies have been happening because and still, you know, it's got its issues because it's still federally illegal. So the states can make up their own minds, you know, but but yeah. And uh, so essentially with the acid forms, they people suddenly realized that they were actually very, very potent on their own. And again, no, no psycho psychoactivity whatsoever, because it's not until you heat either one of those that, that they become active at those receptor sites that we were talking about, the endocannabinoid system. So they work on a slightly different system. So CBDA, for instance, works on the um, same inflammatory system as ibuprofen, aspirin, all of those. But it also, they found out it's particularly good for anxiety. It's particularly good for nausea for patients with taking chemotherapy who have nausea. It's even effective. Apparently, there's a there's a form of nausea that cancer patients who are going through chemotherapy have a pre-nausea, just the idea of going to another session. Mm -hmm. They get that nausea, and it's actually been um, effective for that. So, And it's still being investigated, yeah. Kudos to people that are willing to try this. I mean, cancer is a horrible disease. Yeah. And it's great to have something that helps with the along with the healing. Yeah. Like I believe in both medical and natural, like natural to prevent it forever, you know. And yeah. then, but sometimes it gets to the point where you can't cure it unless you go through something severe. Yeah. And hopefully, don't allow yourself to get to that something severe. Yeah. I have bought, I'm going to use myself as an example. I have bought the CBD plus the CBDA because was very active, more well, a lot more active in my youth than I am. I used to dance. And so I do have aches and pains and the inflammation that yeah. causes the aches and pain. So yeah. I am trying it. I realized while well, we were off the air that I was not taking the right dosage. <laughs> <laughs> so I will be doing that. But give us a history. How did you go 
from being a, I mean, you already explained how being a filmmaker, but do you still do filmmaking as well? Or this is your, your passion just shifted? And do you practice shamanism? So this is mainly, I shifted, basically. I found, it came at a time when I found the film business was going in a whole different direction. And this came just like a lot of these things do. This just came up, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so... And it was a chance, and I, people said to me, well, you know, do you want to do it? We've got these, uh, we've got cancer pa patients with cancer, dealing with cancer who want to try this oil. Will you make it for us? And I said, sure. So, and at that time, I couldn't sell directly. Mm -hmm. So it all had to go through dispensaries. And dispensaries would say, well, we had somebody who had stage four, and they say that they're, they're clear now. So I would hear reports back wow. of, which was pretty amazing, you know, to to discover that. And then yeah. making products in response to the need. So found out that, you know, people with prostate cancer, if you made cannabis suppositories, you were not only was it locally, the cannabis was uh, locally applied. Also, by that method, people weren't getting high. Because the high, as you you know, you know, it's, that can be debilitating, you know. And the, the issue, which a lot of people probably should know, is that you know THC gets is sort of the demon child because you know it's associated <laughs> with. But actually, you know, it is the one part of the plant that eats into tumors. So studies did come out of Spain, so showing that. It's actually, that's the part of the plant that eats into the tumors. So when we, when legalization happened, and that's just slightly off topic, but suddenly it, it was one of those sort of political situations that happens that the taxes were so high. So that small growers, the growers that you mentioned, which mm -hmm. essentially came out of San Francisco, those growers left to go up into Mendocino, up into the hills. They were growing the plant up there out of sight, basically. But they were still, because of that time, they were growing. And I used to buy from those people because those people were growing completely organically. I would buy it in those days from growers and they'd say, I'd say, how has it been grown? And they said, you know, organic. And then I tested at a lab, which I did every time and found out, no, it's not. It's covered. It's got pesticides on it. So I ended up having to go to those little farms because those were the farms that were growing completely organically. And so because you can't concentrate, if you concentrate and make that oil that was the oil that typically patients with cancer were taking, you know, you're concentrating down the pesticides too. So that becomes, yeah, so you, you know, it had to be, so I had everything tested at the lab and still have everything tested at the lab to make sure that it actually is. But legalization has put so many, it's driven a lot of those farms and small businesses out of the whole business, basically because the states just, because they thought that Colorado was making so much money that they put a huge amount of tax. I mean, these dispensaries now, legal dispensaries are effectively paying 70% tax. So they can barely stay in business. So, you know, and wow. yeah, the whole, I, the concept was make it legal, get rid of the black market, but it did the opposite because the patients suddenly were saying, well, I'm paying practically double what I used to pay. And it's because of all the taxes. And then small companies like ours were also is suddenly, you know, I'm making out of a small lab at the back of my house which is now going to cost me half a million dollars to, to comply with the new laws. So it did have, a, it has had a big effect. And, and essentially, uh, you know, it, it's, it hasn't worked. So we'll see if they turn it around. But, yes, because... Uh, I had gone to a dispensary and I told them that I wanted um, CBD oil for pain. Yeah. And they told me that if I had a doctor's note that I actually have this pain, then they could give me like a 40% discount. Yeah. So I don't know. Does that affect the taxes? Is that why? Because you have the actual doctors. So the taxes are less. less? 
Yeah, essentially, you become you, you, there's a sort of proviso for being a medical patient. So when it became recreationally legal, mm-hmm. um, you know, anybody could effectively walk into the dispensary and buy it. But if if you have a doctor's note, then you then you uh, sort of bypass some of these taxes, essentially. Yeah, because that's what I was told, but that I needed a note from my doctor. Yeah. And it wasn't like to legalize it. It was just to say, yeah, she really does have. She needs it. Yeah. yeah. And that's what it used to be based on, essentially. Mm-hmm. It was like you go and see a doctor who specialized in that. And, and they'd say, yes, Sonia needs this for this. And then you go into dispensary and you'd be a medical patient. And so then you could go in and, and you could yeah. buy whatever you needed. And that's how it all worked. And actually, it worked really well. I mean. And I understand why people wanted to legalize it. It's just, it's just that also what really complicates it is what they did is the California voters basically said, we want to legalize it. But then they left a proviso that any county or any city could decide whether they wanted to allow dispensaries in their city or their county. Yeah. So huge chunks of California now they don't have a dispensary because they the cities have decided that they don't want it there. But then you've got people who are really struggling with cancer, for instance, so it's really worked for and they don't have access to it. Mm. So that's... They'd have to drive to another of, county. Yeah, so they have to go to another county, you know, and, and all of that. So that's why, you know, that this whole system currently is not really is not working very well and the illegal market is um, yeah because that's what's going to happen you're going to go if it's out of your range and you know you have a serious medical condition you're going to go somewhere because the survival kicks in right you know you have to because what are you gonna oh no the law says so i think i'll just die yeah exactly (laughs) it's like you know I mean, I, you know, I, I, um, somebody asked for CBD, actually the same one that you bought from mm-hmm. their aunt who's 88, was 87, 88, who's struggling with dementia. And she just texted me and said she slept through the night for the first time. She was going through that thing that's, I think they call it sundown. It, it gets sundowning, yeah. Bad, sundown, right? And she was calling, calling her niece in the middle of the night, you know, basically screaming. And but it's... yeah, my mom went to the, through that. My mom passed away January third. Yeah, oh. yeah, and she had. And she went through. Yeah. I wish I knew that that worked for it because I would have given it to her and not told her because she would, if she thought it was pot, she would never take it. But I, know. I didn't know about that. Wow. I know. It's 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 interesting. I mean, it's it's also sort of difficult in the sense cannabis is because it works with your own system and everybody's system is different. You can't really say, well, I know this will work for you or your mother or whatever. So Mm -hmm. so I'm kind of very careful to say, look, there is sort of proof or people have said that it works for them. But you have to bear in mind that everybody's system is different so i try not to tell everybody take this dose and this will exactly work for you it's one of those things where you have to find it like like you were talking about with you you Mm -hmm. you sort of try you try and find that dose that works that's part of it but you know somebody i i don't say like this is it. I also don't say if somebody has cancer and they want to do chemotherapy, you know, I'm not going to say, look, don't, don't do chemotherapy. It's absolute poison. You must do cannabis. You know, it's not me. That's it's mm-hmm. very easy to say, but if you're the one going through, if yeah. you're the one going through cancer, you know, so I just try and, you know, and they can coexist actually, but um, so. It just probably heals at a slower pace. Yeah, and also the, the there are things like you just have to know a certain amount about the bodies, like the enzyme that processes the chemotherapy drugs is the same enzyme in the liver that processes cannabis, so it can affect dosing and all of that. So it can affect the potency of the cannabis drug. So there are just certain things that, you know. Wow. I mean, it's fascinating to me because everything seems to be going back to nature. 
I interviewed uh, someone earlier. We were talking about the awakening and the spiritual and everything is just changing. I think we're so wanting to go back to simplicity again. Yeah. Because yeah. there's just too much out there. And it also, when you said about how it works with your body, I find that if I'm taking, because I suffer from migraines. Right. And I will not take the migraine medication until I really feel that it's going to kick in so strong because you got to stop it before it really kicks in. Yeah. And so I'll do that. If I wait too long, I have a migraine for a couple of days. Yeah. So is there, does CBA work for that? Because it is inflammation. Yeah, it may. CBDA is sort of, is interesting. It's actually more potent than CBD as a lot of the same receptor sites. So it's, it is particularly good for inflammatory conditions of which obviously a lot, a lot of uh, issues are based in inflammation. It's amazing um, how almost everything is based on it's inflammation. inflammation. It's inflammation. Yeah. So that's why, yeah, that's why. And then to combine the two, because they work on different systems, so CBD and CBDA, which is why I recommended it for you, is because it's they work on different systems. So in a sense, it's like taking the co complete plant in the sense of it. You've got all of its you've got all of its raw components, but then you've got something that when it's heated acts on a different system. Almost everything that the plant can do to a certain mm -hmm. extent, it's a good combination. And I, you know, I, I just try and be as honest as I can. You know, I'll say like, I, if I haven't seen a scientific study or somebody hasn't come to me and said, it definitely works for migraines. I just, I just say, look, I think that it's worth a try. You know, I think it's worth a try because based on this, that it's it's an inflammatory condition, so it's worth trying. But, you know, I think the only thing I can really do is sort of be as honest as possible. I see myself as a sort of intermediary, if you like, you know, mm -hmm. so I just make the plant in ways that I think will help. And then just be as honest as possible and say, yeah, we've actually seen we have seen it work and and try it but also knowing and i have to say uh, it may not work for you because there may be something in your system that's different from this this other person yeah and i noticed that organic things work on me well because i don't take a lot of medication right it doesn't have to fight something else that's in my system so my system is pretty clean so usually whatever i take works well. In fact, one time I was getting surgery and I told the anesthesiologist, I go, don't give me so much because Yeah, you're I, very sensitive. I'm you're very so I'm very sensitive. And he goes, Well, I have to give you what I need to give you <laughs> because that's a legal <laughs> issue, you know, it's like I don't want to wake up in the middle of surgery. Yeah. So my system is clean. So things affect me more than um, if I was taking many different things that might counteract it. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I could see it. It would. And you'll mm -hmm. be able to tell really quickly yes. whether something's working or not. So pretty early on, we started um, doing uh, CBD for pets, for animals. Oh. And it was the same thing there, that because their systems are so clean. And also, you know, what I told people is, what I would tell people who, who were buying it, I would say, they have no baggage around whether this works or doesn't work. So it will either work or it won't work. But yeah. we found uh, great success with animals, actually, because their systems are really clean and they have the same endocannabinoid system as we do. So, you know, as long as you alter the dosage, for obviously, for their body weight and et cetera, then um, we had lots of even some cancer issues and you know the other day somebody said well oh they wanted to operate on my dog's legs sort of two days ago and i didn't know this friend had given it to her this pet cbd and she said but and the the pharmaceuticals weren't working but i gave her this pet cbd and within two weeks the labor was fine and there was no operation and all of that but it was similar somewhat similar to you they're just really they're clean. They don't have, to a large extent, unless they've been on a lot of pharmaceuticals for whatever. Mm -hmm. 
That's fascinating. I didn't know you did stuff for your animals. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. And, and we tried it on our, you know, and obviously you're not getting feedback. So it's mm -hmm. like we had our 15 year old dog who was was in pain and with his hip, he'd had a plate put in his hip, but now he was older, it was giving him a lot of pain, clearly. Mm -hmm. And then um, his leg started shaking and I ran out for a couple of days. It stopped shaking. Um, I ran out for a couple of days and the shaking came back and um, he seemed in distress. So yeah, um, it was clearly working, yeah. So. Wow, I, I have got to let people know I have some pet uh, owners who, you know, that's their child. And so they they're very careful about what they want to give their pet. I did not know you did. No, it's great. Yeah, we had a, our little dog unfortunately died not too long ago. And so we're going through that. But we I was giving him CBD. He had to go out. He had a heart condition at a heart defect. So there wasn't much that was going to change. But I, I was giving him CBD and I said, well, he's he's really reacting remarkably well at the moment. But is there anything inflammatory in this condition? It was a valve defect. Oh. And the vet said, oh, yeah, actually, there is. Because I said, I didn't expect CBD to work in this case. Um, but he said, yeah, there is actually an inflammatory component of this condition. So that's what was helping him. So yeah, to your point, I mean, again, it's, I wouldn't see in a valve defect, I wouldn't see CBD really working here, but he said, no, there's some inflammation around this. So that's what was helping. It is amazing. I mean, everything is inflammation. Yeah. Arthritis is inflammation. Right. I'm just fascinated by this. Like, well, one of the reasons I also went to CBD is because stuff like ibuprofen and all is too strong on my stomach. Yeah, that's... it's like it'll take up the pain away on one part and then just I and then I have a stomach ache all day. But I did because, you know, when it was you would smoke it for pain. I didn't like being altered. Plus, I don't like the idea of smoking. So it's, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. So what do they make? And um, this is me being ignorant because I I know there's gummies for everything. But yeah. do they make gummies that are just plain CBD? They do. Yeah. Yeah, okay. uh, they do. They work, I think. I mean, we don't happen to make gummies. I'm thinking about it. I'm making a line for uh, possibly for athletes. And it sort of helps sometimes with that for long distance endurance. People are using gummies because it goes into the once you eat it, you know, obviously smoke. So I have a friend who has epilepsy. And when he feels like a, a fit coming on, mm -hmm. he has to smoke because it gets into the system so quickly. So to try and stop that seizure, he has to smoke. And then tinctures are sort of in between in the sense of you drop it under your tongue, you'll get into your system, sort of keep it under your tongue for about a minute. It'll get into your system more quickly. But anything that you swallow goes through the liver and just takes longer. But it means for that it will probably last longer because it's going into your liver but that also what it does is it the liver processes it, particularly with THC, those sort of issues with people um, taking brownies and then suddenly being on the floor for hours is <laughs> because basically it makes us, <laughs> right? <laughs> people I did you. that by accident. I yeah. like, you know, and I had a little square, but this stuff was so strong that I was just, I, I, all I did was sleep. And then I wasted my whole day because I was, yeah. It, it because it makes a stronger the liver makes a stronger compound so it oh, goes that... in at nine hydroxy thc uh -huh. comes out the liver makes 11 hydroxy thc which is more potent oh my so the liver actually just once it go, gets in there and then you know obviously that classic case of depending on your own digestion you know it can take a while for these things to work so people think oh it's not working they eat another cookie and then it all kicks in at once. <laughs> that happened to me. I had a friend of mine made chocolate chip cookies and had a cookie, nothing. An hour later, nothing. So, yeah, okay, it's been an hour. So let's do another one. Oh, it's like you had to peel me off the floor for like two days. I never wanted to do that again. Right? It's just, it's, 
I slept yeah. well, but I was out for two yeah. days. Yeah, and people, and it, you know, and people are doing that because, you know, it's one of those cases too where people are finding that a little bit of THC helps them sleep. And like, you know, I, sleep is obviously a big one for a lot of people. You know, and people ask, like, is CBD going to help me? And I said, well, it just depends if your body, if it's your body that's really agitated, yes, CBD will calm your body down. But if it's other things, too much mental, mental chatter, all of that, a little bit of THC can help. And people find that a little bit of THC, but then it's just the dosage part. Yeah. Because essentially what happens when I make things, it's usually... If it's not pure CBD, but it's a mixture of CBD and THC, it's a ratio. So we used to, for a lot of, uh, the most healing ratio actually we found, or I found, is a one part CBD to one part THC, because they work synergistically together and they act on slightly different receptor sites in the body. So for people with dealing with multiple sclerosis and its symptoms, mm -hmm. you know, they typically will take one to one because the THC works on the receptors in the brain area. Mm -hmm. So which which controls all that, that the sort of motor function. So then it's just a question of dosage which it always comes back to yeah you know? that's a key word dosage. that's the key one you know <laughs> it, it, it goes back to that old thing you know difference between medicine and a poison is the dosage yeah yeah that's, so, that's right yeah. it's like potassium could be a, right. a poison at a right. certain you know level that's actually we need some form of potassium i mean almost anything could be a poison i mean if you look at iron you take too much iron it's bad for your brain so, yeah yeah it's finding that dose before i say one dropper i'll start like start with a quarter that if that doesn't work go up go up a little bit you know and if half works great don't start at one because yeah. maybe it works but maybe half would have worked it's funny because it's not like like when you take a, a regular like ibuprofen i'm gonna say yeah. You expect it to work within a certain time, and then you'll notice when it goes. But when you do something like CBD, and you, you forget you took it because it doesn't affect any other part of your body. And yeah. then it's like, oh, but yeah, it's gone. Yeah, and that's a, that's interesting you say that. Yeah, because it's often it's often like, oh, hang on a minute, because I forgot because I'm not like, yeah, it's not hitting me because, you know, obviously pharmaceuticals by nature are strong and they're mm -hmm. supposed to be strong and they're supposed to be targeted and usually you feel it immediately and this is sort of because it's working with your own system it's it's more subtle yeah unless we have a massive thc cookie and you don't okay. <laughs> and then there's a whole other story it's like i that i swear i think everybody has to do that at least once in their life and they're like never again and it was like I can't believe that I did this to myself. It, you know, it was one of those. But back in the day when every uh, drugs were illegal, people just tried. Didn't know how it was going to affect them. No, yeah. uh, I mean we didn't <laughs> know, right? I mean, no. when I was trying made this oil and I was trying, and I said, "Well, I have to try it to see what I'm giving everybody." But mm -hmm. uh, I took it and. I woke up and I woke up and I said, did somebody give me ayahuasca in the middle of the night? Because I can't believe this is cannabis. I mean, I was so I was in a whole nother place. Yeah, I, I was shocked. I was shocked because I've done quite a lot of the shamanistic plants, mm -hmm. you know, like ayahuasca, which are, you know, obviously pretty strong. But I couldn't believe cannabis was doing this, you know. But yeah, um, I know that uh, uh, with the, I'm hoping saying ayahuasca, whatever, however it's said, I'm pronouncing yeah, yeah. right. Um, that they usually have practitioners around you to make sure that you're okay. Yeah, and that's when when people say because I first did it about thirty years ago in the Amazon, mm -hmm. and obviously now it's out in the sort of public. It's even on sort of uh, comedy shows or whatever or saturday night live ayahuasca has been talked about and mm -hmm. people say i want to do ayahuasca and i said um hang on a minute um it that's like going straight to everest without hiking in the alps basically 
So you have to, and then the other part of it is you need somebody who really knows what they're doing, who's been trained. Right. It's going to release a lot, uh, potentially a lot of buried issues yeah um, that, that may come up and that whoever's leading it has to know how to how to control deal. it yeah how to do yeah that. that's the one thing it's like um someone told me oh but it's great you're like relaxed you're in like a another place and you get all this information and i'm like okay <laughs> i like yeah. i would love to try it but i'm afraid to try it just because i meditate i kind of go there without anything you know um yeah so yeah but i you know something like i've had a couple of friends go to south america to yeah. like peru and places like that and they go and there's a lot of programs there that you can actually go and they have the shaman and other practitioners that actually watch over you to yeah. see how you handle it yeah there are good I mean, there are some good people out there. And and the only issue has become, you know, in South America, for instance, because now a lot of tourists are essentially coming and in interested mm -hmm. that you've got you've and there's money coming in. Then you've got the more charlatans essentially trying to make money out of it. And that's that's one area which I tell, you know, I tell people just you just have to do your research and find that you're going to a good yeah. good place because there's there are some stories about that you know well there are you could go to places here in the u.s as yeah. well that are more yeah. organized and my feeling has always been you know i said it's not for everybody you know and also like you could meditate and get exactly what you need you know just because it's out on just because it's on saturday night live doesn't immediately <laughs> mean <laughs> as long as you're going to somebody who's uh yeah, I, I did hear a story of somebody who was, I think she was a yoga teacher, and I think her, her um, students have been asking her, so she got hold of some ayahuasca and gave it to a bunch of people, and then it unleashed unleashed some sort of dark parts in a couple of people and got chaotic, and she locked herself in the bathroom and left them all to it. <laughs> so, you know, this is the... This is the reverse side of it being so out in the open and everybody deciding, yeah, we'll just do ayahuasca. It's like, yeah, no, it is a major teaching plant and has a very, very long tradition, but it it needs a lot of respect. That, yeah, that. they did like um, a documentary on the science of it and they were following people that have been doing it for centuries. Yeah. You know, um, and they go, well, how do they know the perfect combination? But they do. They don't measure. They is just that when they make it, they they know how much to put in there. And so they were doing how they would test how these how they would get it accurate every single time. Different batches, but accurate each time. It was really fascinating about how they talk about it. And again, dosage. <laughs> Dosage, yeah. And no, it's interesting about, you know, because I did ayahuasca, and one of the first times I did it in Peru, you get nauseous, as you know. Yes. And that's usually, you know, and, and in that tradition, they have no issue like we tend to have in the West with uh, vomiting. Mm -hmm. They see it's part of it is a cleansing. And usually what happens is uh, you might f be going through some trauma and you'll suddenly feel nauseous and what you what they see and what it feels like is you're you're getting rid of that trauma out of your body you're vomiting it out and that makes so sense. i went through yeah so it makes sense you know and, and it's seen it's called la purga uh for that reason that's one of its names you know the purge so yeah um but i i uh one session i had nausea and then i came out and you're you're in that very receptive space so i came out and walked towards this plant and this plant said to me eat me i'll i'll i eat some of my leaves um it'll make i'll make you feel better and the shaman always said well don't trust everything you hear in this space there are some <laughs> tricksters around so i was kind of mm. but i so i did 
and I did feel better. And then the next day, I said, well, I, I told the shaman what happened. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. We know that one. We use it for stomach problems. We use it for nausea. So it's that okay. kind of, yeah. So they're, yes. they're sort of basically so in tune with, because you, as you were alluding to, yeah, nobody knew if you combine these two plants separately, they don't do a lot. Although the vine part had, is good for actually mental issues and so on. But the other one, the visionary part, mm -hmm. if you if you swallow it, nothing happens. It's deactivated by the stomach. So only if you combine the two does it actually work. Ah. And we didn't discover this until the 1950s, but it's been used in the Amazon for hundreds, thousands probably of years. Is, yeah, and they get the, that yeah. measurement is always perfect yeah. and the, the guys were like it's perfect it's the same as it was the other day but they're not measuring anything they're, they're doing it from like sense yeah they yeah. sense you know they've been working with it so long they kind of know and they yeah and that and they're just talking to the plant the whole time yeah that and also what i found is in native american cultures there's a thing called a trickster if you're receptive to many different things you might have a trickster come in you know, right. I love the science, but not even the science. It's everything's really based on the soul and the spirit and, you know, what comes yeah. in and that's how they create. And it's, it was fascinating. I, um, yeah. I studied Native American culture for two years just because I was fascinated. I worked with a shaman who would do soul retrievals. And, you know, I, I would, I told this story that I, I said, you know, you might not, believe in any of this but you know and I used to sit with him sometimes mm -hmm. and sort of assist him a bit in some of his ceremonies and he he would diagnose somebody and some a woman came and I was helping him giving her directions and he said to me you know that some people because part of them doesn't want to heal and maybe a part of them that they don't know about doesn't want to heal you'll find they'll have trouble getting here and this absolutely happened. I gave this person the address and everything. And it was at a time when I think there was GPS and everything. And she could not find it and kept calling me every 15 minutes. I'm lost. Where is it? Where is it? <laughs> and she came and she just seemed very sort of, this person just seemed very um, kind of spacey, if you like, not grounded at all. Part of that was she was like an hour late or something, you know, and then there is that concept, which I'm sure you know about. If somebody goes through a traumatic event part in order to deal with it, part of their soul leaves. So it's soul loss. So they're not all basically they're not all there. So in his tradition, you know, what he would do, he diagnosed soul loss in this person's case. He would use a drum to get in an altered state. He did a drum journey and went to the underworld to find her soul, the missing part of her soul. And he came back and he blew it into her chest. And the person that sat up was completely unrecognizable to who I'd seen before. Wow. Completely present, just absolutely all there. I just said, you know, I said to people, you might not believe it, but it really, this was this was one of those things where you just had to see it, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so in closing, because we're yeah. at, our time is up, yeah. what would you, is there anything that you would like to address with the audience and also uh, how you can get contacted? Yeah. In terms of addressing with the audience, I mean, I I feel like, I'm not totally against, you know, as we've sort of discussed, you know, pharmaceuticals, I mean, for certain things, they've got much more targeted, yeah. I think, you know, so, but I think what one has to do is just do one's research, which luckily now is much easier. It's side effects, essentially, what we're mm -hmm. talking about. As simple as ibuprofen causing you breakdown of the stomach lining, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's, that's the important thing and that's i think why you know you and i and many of us are going towards natural 
natural substances because less side effects you know yes. so i think that's the thing and i i i'm starting to do a whole a line of combining herbs with cbd so cbd to, with specific formulas so specific formulas for pain with herbs that have been shown particularly in the amazon for to deal with pain and then uh, inflammation and so on so i think you know there's lots of there are lots of herbs out there really can help you and and luckily we can we can find them now and cannabis happens to be just because it inter it's not the only one but it just happens to be particularly good because it interacts with our own system yeah so i think yeah so i mean it's a particularly and then for me we just went through this journey as as we were talking about before of so we're in the process of putting out a new site because now we officially are not supposed to be doing what we did before which included the whole plant thc so we have we've had to redo that because of the whole legalization thing so um yeah if anybody wanted to get in touch with us it's um mckenzie medicinals which is m a c k e n z i e medicinals and then uh to get in touch with me that's it on instagram our new website is not fully up yet so but you can get in touch with me through that on instagram and if anybody has any questions about any of it you know do you think do you think this is this will work do you think it's appropriate for i'm very happy to try and answer any questions about that so yeah and he's very yeah. good at that too <laughs> <laughs> thank you so <laughs> so <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for having me. I think this is very informative for our audience, and I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Poetic Resurrection Podcast, available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, and many other podcast platforms. Please visit us and subscribe to our newsletter at PoeticResurrection.com for the latest information and updates.